0: Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, tonight we're continuing in our uh, uh, my favorite Bible characters and what I've learned from them series. This is part nine, I believe. Had not intended to do that many, but uh, I, I, I I I keep finding you know these these uh, principles, and I ask God, you know, uh, where did I where did I learn this principle? And He takes me back and reminds me in the life and where I encountered that principle. First of all, and tonight we're going to be talking about a, a Bible character that is very familiar to many of you, Noah. We'll be going to Genesis chapter. Six this morning. And, uh, you know, Genesis chapter 6 begins. We won't be reading the first uh, 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 few verses, the first four verses, as it were. But uh, it begins with a very interesting account of the Nephilim. Now, many scholars and theologians and and there there are differences of opinion on this but you might see written in your bible in those particular verses giants and it is a hebrew word nephilim or or, it's it's where we get the nephil from nephilim uh and they you know giants in that day and not just giants but the indication is uh from reading this at least you can read into this that the it, it clearly says that the sons of God, which many interpret as fallen angels, uh, which Jude says perhaps these are those that left their first habitation, literally took off their, 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 their God-given estate and cohabitated with the daughters of men, creating a superhuman race. A superhuman race that was that were giants, and they had superpower, and uh, they were basically half uh, you know angel and half uh, man, or half as many would imagine, half god and half man. Which kind of uh, you know leads us to understanding that there there in some people's mind, including mine, there is a biblical uh, grounds for some of the Greek mythology. Uh, as to what you would imagine. But at any rate, without going into that, because, it's, it, because it doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> but let me tell you uh, that uh, many people imagined that this superhuman race had introduced into the lineage of mankind an unclean spirit or an unclean uh, 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 line of people so that... God was not only looking down upon earth that, that, that was filled with violence and filled with wickedness and evil and all kinds of things that he didn't like, uh, but, but, it, but he was grieved with what mankind had done. That's what we find in, in, in those first four verses. And And not only grieved with it, but also God had a plan. You may remember that God told the serpent in Genesis chapter 3 that the son of the woman was going to bruise his head. And God, of course, is wanting to make sure that his that that, that his word uh you know and that, that his plan unfolds and he is seeing mankind perhaps being more and more um you know drawn off course and and less and less pure and and if if this were to continue it could end up tainting the whole human dna pool does that make sense it may not make sense, but you can read it, because it barely makes sense to me, and I've been studying it for 40 years, and I've listened to a whole lot of people who know a whole lot more than I do about it. But suffice it to say that God had a plan, and without regard to what happened during the latter part of that first 1,500 years of mankind's existence, since the creation of Adam, it had been approximately 1,500 years. We're not sure what all happened but we do know that by the time we got to the 1500 year mark and right in that area when we get you know Methuselah is a teenager okay uh, you know he lived to be 969 years old but at this point he's just you know just just a young un. God looks down upon the earth and God sees all of the evil and all of the violence he sees all of these things that are going on and 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 he is he he's 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 grieved He's sad, the Bible says, that he has ever made man, that he even made man. Wow, that's getting to a pretty you know, serious point. But then as he's looking down upon the earth and he sees all of that wickedness and all that that's going on, he, he just wants to wipe it away. But he still is tasked. He's tasked himself with preserving a lineage. And he sees Noah. And one of the things about Noah that the Bible says is that Noah was pure in all of his generations. He was perfect in all of his generations. So that as we understand, Noah was the perfect candidate to save, not only because he, he, he bl- trusted God and followed God and obeyed God, but he was also, he had a pure lineage, a pure, he was perfect in all his generations. Evidently, there had come no impurities into his line. Uh, and so So that he was the perfect candidate to start fresh if God could wipe away all of these Nephilim. If God could wipe away all of this uncleanness that he could start. And through Noah could bring about Mary to whom the Holy Spirit would, would, would come upon. And she would conceive the Son of God from a pure lineage, from a perfect line. And so that's where we pick up in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6. We pick up, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. God's heart was grieved because he saw all that mankind was capable and he understood that 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 the thoughts and the intents of 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 this unregenerate heart the the results of you know uh, perhaps near 1500 years or more of sin had brought such depravity on the earth and there was violence everywhere And verse 7, so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But, thank God for these buts in the Bible, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There was something different about Noah. And God was filled with grace and God was filled with mercy and God was filled with love all of the time. But here, whenever he looked down upon the earth, that was inaccessible because sin does not access that. And Noah and his life, God saw Noah and Noah found that God was a God of grace. He found grace in the eyes of God. And, and, and verse uh, 9, uh, 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 this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, and he was perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Genesis 6, 22 tells us after God had said to Noah no I'm going to destroy the earth and I'm going to destroy all the beasts and I, and I'm going to save you and I, and I and 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 my promise is not just to you but to your household and 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 you know if if, if you will just do these things and the Bible says in, in in verse 22 of that chapter thus Noah did according to all that god commanded him so he did wow god found a man that was perfect in his generations god found a man that was clean in his heart god found a man that walked with him god found a man that was right with him in his own heart and a man that would obey him how amazing huh now i have gleaned in life a lot of principles from the accounts of so many people in the Bible. I love character studies because I like to see how people faced problems and uh, using that as a roadmap for myself. I like to see how people face problems and some of the people that I have learned quite a lot from are people who failed their test. Maybe they later recovered or maybe they didn't. But I have also learned quite a lot from people who in their moments passed their test. One of the questions I like to ask myself whenever I encounter problems, when I encounter tribulation, a test or a trial, or excuse me, not a test or trial, but when, whenever, I, uh, whenever something falls upon me and it, it's bothering me, it's, you know, uh, it, it's uh, you know, a problem in life, I like to look around and see what my part is. What is my test versus what is someone else's test? You know, some of the problems I have had in life, some of the encounters I have had in life, I have realized, well, you know, that's really not my test. That's somebody else's test. I am here, (laughs) and I am being affected by this, but it's really up to them. Because, you know, I'm right with God, and I'm going to do what's right. But whether they're going to do what's right or not, that's their test. We all have opportunities to go through situations that may not be about us, but they may affect us. I saw Noah... Being, you know, in a problem that he didn't cause but yet it was a problem and it was a problem throughout the whole earth and it was a problem that was going to affect the whole earth it was going to affect the generations it was going to affect him but he didn't cause it he was not wicked he was not idolatrous he was not disobedient he was not you know uh, and, 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 and somehow you know uh, evil but he was perfect And he was right, and he was, you know, just. But yet, he was still going to go through quite a lot of problems over the next many years because of what other people did. Now, as I said, we're about 1,500 years into creation whenever Noah comes on the scene. And Noah hears from God what to do. God gives him a word of knowledge Noah it's going to rain and I'm going to destroy the earth and the, and and and, and all, all you know all life in which there is breath and then God gave Noah a word of wisdom build a boat and build it like this and fill it up this way and so Noah uh, began to do that Noah uh, you know, uh, he, he worked very hard we're told that he worked for over a hundred years he and his sons in building this art and while he was working he was preaching he was an example he was you know a proclaimer of what God was going to do much in the same way as Jonah in the earth was, you know, Noah was 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 preaching righteousness. Jonah walked through a city, the city of Nineveh and as he walked through it he plainly declared that the judgment of the Lord is coming. The judgment of God is coming and people in that world repented. God gave the same opportunity to those in Sodom and Gomorrah but they did not repent and neither did people in Noah's day see any reason to change. It did not change the message and it did not change the responsibility that that uh, Jonah had or that that you know um, um, you know uh, um, Lot had or here that Noah had God even said to the prophet Ezekiel some generations later he said Ezekiel I'm going to send you down to these people and I want you to preach my word to them he said now Ezekiel I want you to know that they're not going to hear you wow (laughs) how how depressing would that be I want you to go and do something and I want you to know that you're going to look like a failure you're going to look like a failure I don't want you to feel like a failure but you're going to look like a failure you're going to look like a failure because I'm sending you to preach a message my message carry my word to these people and they are not going to pay any attention to you but I want you to do it anyway he said That should give us some encouragement to realize that the success that Noah had, the success that, that we might have, the success that Ezekiel had was found in what God said Noah did. God said Noah did everything that God asked him to do. It not only says that in the 22nd chapter, excuse me, 22nd verse of the sixth chapter, it also says that in Genesis seven in verse five that Noah did according to all that God told him to do. That is success. I've gleaned so many principles from the accounts of Noah that have helped me shape my life and that have spoken to me in times whenever I needed strength or in times whenever I needed restraint. Have you ever needed restraint? I've needed restraint at times. Sometimes I've needed strength, sometimes encouragement, sometimes answers, sometimes direction, and sometimes correction, and sometimes restraint. We all need different things. The Bible says that the Word of God is profitable for knowledge, for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, for reproof and for rebuke. The Word of God is profitable to speak to us in every season of life. One of the values that I have from my character studies is that generally, whenever I find myself in some dilemma and I go to God, he will begin to inspire me through someone else's life in the word of God. And often as I begin to study their life and see their challenges, I can see myself in that story. And if I begin to portray the person I don't want to be, I can predict the outcome of that. But I can also harness myself, restrain myself, correct myself, instruct myself with God's Word so that I can become the person that I want to be. That's why these things are so important. Tonight, I want to share with you three of the many lessons that I have learned uh, from studying the accounts of Noah. And I believe that these lessons not only speak To me but I believe they will speak to you tonight and you may find some others you may already have heard something tonight about Noah that somehow inspired you or corrected you or instructed you or brought some measure of of, uh, you know answer to a question that you have the first thing that 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 uh, that I love about Noah and that I have reminded myself many times about is that Noah worked without reward you know, many times we don't, we don't understand that God is the only one that can measure success because God is the only one that knows what he wanted accomplished out of what he told you to do. And sometimes God sends us down a road to get to the end of the road and sometimes down the road to get to the fork in the road. We don't know which one it is until we go down the road. And we have to be faithful like Noah was to, to do what God said and leave the results up to him. You see, the things that most people uh, uh, work for in life were not even on Noah's radar. You know, Noah was not working for fame. Noah was not working for fortune. Noah was not uh, trying to win some popularity contest. Noah was simply working to please God, to do what God said, do. I cannot tell you how many times in my life that I have felt like God told me to do something and I did it and it didn't turn out looking real successful. You know, have you ever had that experience? Have you ever had an experience that you thought that you were doing the will of God and you ended up looking in your hands a little bit later and nothing was there. Or you look behind you and you said, why in the world did I do that? I mean, that was, you know, yes, that, that, that has been the experience of so many. But that does not give us an excuse to not do what God tells us to do. Nor does it indicate the level of our success. You know, Noah worked without reward. As Genesis five, 7 and verse 5 says, Noah just did according to everything that God said to he just did what God commanded him if God said do it he did it that's uh, you know and and he just kept you know just 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 kept on working without anything to show for it in first Peter the third chapter in verse 20 the Bible says that once the divine long-suffering Waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. God was waiting, Noah was working. God was waiting, Noah was working. You know, the divine long suffering was waiting. What were they waiting on? They were waiting on Noah to prepare this ark because it took a long time to build this ark. Why? Because Noah didn't have a whole lot of help, a whole lot of help. But whether you have help or whether you don't. Whether people just gather around you and say, yes, I'll I'll carry a share of that load. Yeah, let me do that. Yeah, let me gather the grain. Yeah, let me know. It it, it took Noah, as, as some scholars believe, 120 years to get this done. Wow. Amazing. Well, God was waiting patiently while Noah was preparing the ark to the saving of his household a second thing that i have learned about noah not only the first the first thing is i'm going to work and i'm going to leave the reward up to god my work is before me and and my reward is in heaven okay? no matter what i gain in this life for obeying god or for doing the will of god you know uh, whether you know i mean uh, I've, I've 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 told brenda so many times you know if, if if i woke up in the morning in the middle of saudi arabia i'd start a church yeah because that's that's what God's called me to do. That's what I believe in. I, I I believe in church. I believe in you know teaching and preaching the word of God. I believe in the church of the living God. I'd start a church. Now I might be the only person there, but I'd have it. And how many people were there would not make a bit of difference. You know I uh, it is it just has never it it's just not on the radar. Doing the will of God, obeying God, following God. Uh, you know, not so that you hopefully can be a martyr. Having a martyrdom complex is not the will of God, okay? Wanting to be a martyr is not the will of God. You know, uh, uh, somehow, you know, uh, 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 beating yourself, you know, in the name of Jesus won't help. We're not trying to fail in the eyes of man. We're not, you know, we're, we're, we're not just unconsciously continuing something that God has stopped doing, We're not just obstinate or stubborn, but we are an obedient people, and we're working without reward. Number two, I love the fact that Noah stayed true to his message. You know, in the midst of such wickedness, it would have been pretty easy for Noah to start preaching about something, you know, pointing at something. It would have been pretty easy with all the violence and all the sin, but Noah stayed true in fact the Bible gives testimony to Noah that, that that he stayed true you know it had to be difficult Noah had to had to decide he was not going to be pole driven come on now if you have a message the pole shouldn't change the message now if you don't have a message you might be like this but when you have a message you know, as I said earlier, it's not a, he, he wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. He stayed on target with the one message that God gave him. It was a message, get right with God. He was a preacher of righteousness. Get right with God before it's too late. In 2 Peter, the second chapter in verse 5, the Bible says, And God did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Righteousness. Get right with God. That was his message. Get right with God before it's too late. Get right with God before it's too late. Jesus is coming. Get right with Jesus before it's too late that's our message that's the message of the cross that's the gospel of Jesus Christ get right with God through Jesus Christ by faith in Jesus you can receive the grace you can access grace by faith the grace of salvation you can find grace in the eyes of God today by faith in Jesus Christ get right with God a third thing the third thing tonight out of the many things that i learned from noah is that noah noah's witness saved his family it is so important to me and so important to us and so important to god and to the message that god has for us is that god is all about families god is all about family that's what god is working for that's what god wants and here you know uh, you know noah's sons were old enough to choose for themselves. I mean, you know, uh, uh, he had these three sons by the time he got to be 500 years old. The flood was in uh, basically 1,656 years, the way I calculate it, after the creation of man. 1,656 years and the flood came. Methuselah died, the flood came, and Noah's children were all uh, over 100 years old. And after the flood, Noah lived a while. He lived to be 950 years old. 950, can you imagine that? Well, you know, the Bible tells us in, 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 uh, in the, the 13th verse, if you were to read that continuation of, of uh, Genesis chapter 7, that when Noah got on the boat, his sons got on the boat. And Noah's wife got on the boat. I'm so glad Noah had a wife that supported him, because I don't imagine that was easy. Because you got some nut of a husband out here saying it's going to rain and never has, and he's out there building a dadgum boat. And what's the boat? And he's been working on it for a 100 years. And he's filling it up with grain. He's probably asking you to help. And he's probably got some idea that you're going to clean stalls. Why? Because he's heard from God. No indication that his wife or that his sons or his son's wives ever heard from God. Boy, now that had to be an example of a man, a man that is trusted by his family, a man that has lived his life with integrity, a man that has lived his life in such a way that his children and his children's spouses are going to trust him, not just with their lives, but with their reputations, Who would want to marry the son of that nut? Evidently, his integrity was intact. You know, uh, in the end, Noah's household was saved. They entered the ark willingly at his word. You know, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, conclude uh, by just encouraging you to realize that we are in some difficult times in the United States of America and indeed all around the world. The world lies in wickedness and violence and sin is all around us. But we have been given one message. And what we need to do is realize from Noah's life that God expects us to work without any evident earthly reward, work without success, the success of man being on our radar. That what we do, we need to do for the Lord. And as well, we need to make sure we stay on point with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not get drawn off into other smaller things that if they were addressed and fixed, you know, it still wouldn't guarantee anybody in heaven. We need to stick to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as well, it's so important that we be a witness, especially to our families and that we maintain our integrity, because the salvation of our families depend on us being the person that God can trust and that they can trust. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date, as well,